And welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I can't believe it's Wednesday. Good. It's going good. Not only is it Wednesday, we are so jam-packed today. And a huge thing happened in the true crime world this morning. Like, what a day. Mm -hmm. So this is our Wednesday episode. We're going to be back tonight at 7 for case updates and then we'll be back at 8 15 for the watch party for the month and if you are uh, a part of our subscription on youtube then you uh know what that is and you'll be there if you're not and you're interested you just go to our homepage on youtube there is a spot that uh, to join and it's 4.99 a month and then you come to the watch party so the watch party It'll this month yeah, Christy chose something spooky. It is called The Devil on Trial. And yes, it's going to be terrifying. So <laughs> uh, it is. Yeah, it's it's scary as hell. Uh, but I kind of figured that would be perfect for a, uh, a Halloween watch party. For sure. So find it on your own device. We can't stream it, of course. That would be illegal. So you want to find it on your own advice device <laughs> and then uh, at 8 15 tonight mountain time we will all hit play at the same time and then we'll hang out here uh or there in the chat room and discuss it while it uh, while we all watch it together yeah these events are super fun if you haven't done it's one with fair. us before they're really fun yeah i enjoy it a lot it's fun to watch and along with other people and chat about it and make fun of stuff that's funny or, you know, be enraged together, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or the range of emotions that happens in true crime documentaries, as we know. Yeah. If you miss something, someone else for sure heard it, you know. If your Mm -hmm. damn dog was barking at that moment or something, I don't know what that's like. (laughs) Or your pigs were having a fight on the couch about who gets to lay where or, you know. Ah, yes. And you missed the important part. Someone else heard it. But... (laughs) So if if you've been to, uh, over the weekend, we had a Murdaugh watch party for the Murdaugh murders on Netflix, or no, sorry, on uh, Lifetime, the the new Lifetime two-night event. Terrible made-for-TV movie. (laughs) Man, it was bad, but we had a blast all watching it together. So Mm -hmm. that's how to do it and what's happening. But we have a huge event going on today. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the Natalie Holloway murder. So, but before yes. we do that, we're going to get into some other things. So, Christy, you're going to kick us off with some crime news. Okay. Y'all know we've been talking about uh, the murder of Crystal Rogers, the disappearance and assumed murder of Crystal Rogers, and how finally. After all this time, she disappeared in 2015. Her boyfriend at the time and father of her son, Brooks Hout, has been arrested, right? Well, I knew a little bit about the Crystal Rogers murder, but I didn't know 
uh, a lot about it. One thing I didn't know is that her father, Tommy Ballard, was killed a year after she was killed. So this is Tommy. Tommy started um, a a big community group called Team Crystal. And he was recruiting people all over the area to search for her, to try to seek information to help the police. Like he was doggedly searching for his daughter. Absolutely heartbroken, not giving up on finding her, finding her body, finding what happened to her. And so she was, she disappeared on July 3rd of 2015. On November 19th of 2016, he went hunting with a grandson and was shot once in the chest and killed and just found murdered. Oh my God. His murder was initially um, identified as a hunting accident, although there was never anyone identified as to who shot him. Uh-huh. And the family and a lot of people in the community had questioned for a long time whether or not this was actually related to Crystal's disappearance because he was doggedly looking for her. Um, Brooks Hout has been everyone's suspect from day one. Uh-huh. And we, we've got we've learned some information and this happened in uh, a, a bail reduction hearing for Brooks last week. Where so Brooks, when he was arrested, his bond was set at ten million dollars. Like wow. this community is done with mm-hmm. this bullshit. Um, there is a special prosecutor that has been assigned to this case, and that happened in January. Um, and this prosecutor is actually looking into the deaths of Jason Ellis, who is a police officer who they think may be connected to Crystal Rogers and Tommy Ballard's deaths as well. Wow. And so they've been doing some serious investigating in that time. And something that came out in that bond hearing that I wanted to learn more about was that there was a gun that they had in their possession, that law enforcement has in their possession, that they believe is the gun that killed Tommy Ballard and that it is connected to Nick Hout, who is Brooks's brother and who was a police officer at the time of Crystal's disappearance. Oh, my God. Right. So here's what we know now. Police undercover somehow actually purchased this rifle from Nick Hout directly. And they have been having it tested to see if it is the gun that shot and killed Tommy Ballard. Mm -hmm. There are five tests. Apparently, they have to run on this gun to confirm at this point, that gun has passed four of five tests to indicate that it is the gun that killed Tommy Ballard. Now we're waiting on the fifth test. And of course, Nick Hout has not been arrested as of yet, but clearly is an, uh, is under investigation. Sure. But it does appear that we may see closure of multiple homicides in this situation, and we may see more arrests in the Hout family. Wow. Uh, the Houts are apparently very wealthy uh, and in that area. People have been calling them the Murdoch's of Kentucky, which I think that, is interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so there are now questions about who who shot Tommy Ballard uh-huh. and whose gun was used. And we are a lot closer to actually finding out that information. And I just found that to be extremely interesting. Uh-huh. 
uh -huh. uh, there that there is a task force working on this. They are dedicated to wrapping up this story. Yeah. Um, I don't fully understand the Jason Ellis connection yet, but I'm going to research it and I'll cover it in a segment sure. as well so that we can understand what's going on here. But so much love to the Ballard family and to Crystal's children. There's been a custody battle going on about Crystal's youngest child. He's 11. He is Brooks Hout's son as well. Um, recently, there was a battle of the two grandmothers for custody of the child. And Brooks Hout's mother has dropped her claim in that. Mm, wise. Mm -hmm. uh, right around these this arrest of Brooks. So probably smart to take some spotlight off of your little crime family. Wow. So some major things are unfolding in Kentucky, and hopefully we get the answers for all of these families who have been, you know, the, the Crystal Rogers family is absolutely heartbroken. They lost two family members in, in, in a year's time. Mm -hmm. and, and it looks like maybe to the same people. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we will keep on covering that uh, as we go because it, it's very interesting. And mm -hmm. I think this task force has got a whole lot more to roll out. I mm -hmm. think we're going to see more soon. This is going to be wild. Well, it good. Is. Yeah. Justice. Absolutely. And with that, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for speaking of some justice. Wow. Well, guys, wow. If you are a true crimer, you know Natalie Holloway's name. I know you. Right. Right. Uh, her death, well, disappearance has been a true crime puzzle for a long time now. It has. And it's been one of those maddening cases because pretty much everybody thought that they knew who did it. Yeah. Yet there has never been justice. And justice finally came knocking today. And it is pretty wild. Natalie, of course, disappeared. She was on a, a graduation trip. She was 18. She disappeared in Aruba in 2005. And she had left the hotel she was in with a man named Jorn Vandersloot, as well as the two other men, and was never seen again. And yeah. those three were arrested uh, more than once and were going to be charged. And then charges were dropped because they didn't really have any evidence. And it's just really been frustrating. All the while, Jorn Vandersloot has taunted her family, mocked the media, and the police. He was an entitled little rich kid that was clearly getting away with whatever he wanted to. Right. The reason Joran ended up back in the U.S., he was actually a citizen of the Netherlands when Natalie died. Uh, he has been in prison in Peru for a murder that uh, happened that this was uh, Stephanie Flores Ramirez that yeah. he murdered sometime around in Peru. This is Stephanie. Yeah. And so he, he killed her and actually, you know, was held accountable for this one. And he's been in prison in Peru. Well, the United States has wanted their pound of flesh from him forever. Yes. He finally was able to extradite him. They've been trying to extradite him for a long time. 
and we're finally able to do that earlier this year. And it's been uh, it's been quite the rocky road. Joran was uh, stabbed in jail <laughs> because, as it turns out, oh, darn. everyone hates him. He's a real jackass. Mm -hmm. This is Joran right hey. here, and that smirk on his face. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> that look on his face. I mean, that just says all of it right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's him. That's pretty much it. Yep. This, of course, is sweet Natalie. So I want to read you a bit of the arrest affidavit as to how he got back to the United States and out of a Peruvian prison. Now, a lot of people said, well, yeah, sure. He wants to come here. He wants to get out of the prison in Peru. He's living in hell. Okay, maybe so. However, while he's been in that Peruvian prison, motherfuckers gotten married and had a baby. Oh, for God's sake. Are you serious? Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Listen, Janice, or whatever your name is. <laughs> one, you are yep. an idiot. Get yeah. some counseling, take some meds, get out of there. Mm -hmm. what, what the hell are you doing? Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to read a little part of the plea agreement for you. So you understand what happened and how we got to where we are right now. And also, so you understand a little bit more about what an epic piece of shit this kid is. Mm. The United States is prepared to prove, at a minimum, the following facts at the trial of this case. From at least 2005 through May 2010, Defendant Vandersloot was a citizen of the Netherlands residing in Aruba. During a May 2005 high school graduation trip to Aruba, Alabama native Natalie Holloway disappeared while in defendant Vandersloot's company. Natalie Holloway's location and the circumstances surrounding her disappearance have been unknown to her family, friends, and law enforcement since May 30th, 2005. In March 2010, defendant Vandersloot contacted John Q. Kelly, an attorney for Natalie Holloway's mother, Beth Holloway, via email seeking $250,000 in exchange for the location of Natalie Holloway's remains and information regarding her death. Kelly often mm -hmm. served as the intermediary for Ms. Holloway during her efforts to find her daughter, who, by the way, has been an unbelievable rock star. Oh, she has fought so here. hard for Natalie. Mm -hmm. Anxious to obtain information regarding her daughter, Ms. Holloway and Kelly discussed the transaction. During April and May 2010, Defendant Vandersloot and Kelly exchanged numerous emails regarding Defendant Vandersloot's request for $250,000, how the information regarding Natalie Holloway's remains would be provided, and details of Kelly's travel to Aruba to meet with Defendant Vandersloot to conduct the transaction. They were willing to pay $250,000 to figure out what happened to their daughter. I mean, if you've got it, I think anybody would be at this point, just to know what yeah. happened, where's her body, you know? Yeah. At one point, Kelly asked defendant Vandersloot what would happen if Ms. Holloway failed to provide the money that de the defendant Vandersloot demanded. Defendant Vandersloot replied that Ms. Holloway could wait another five years, causing Ms. Holloway actual yeah. fear that she might never know what became of her daughter. Right. To complete the transaction, Defendant Vandersloot provided his bank account information 
at SNS Bank in the Netherlands to Kelly. To confirm the legitimacy of the account, Ms. Holloway sent a wire transfer of $100 to Defendant Vandersloot's account from her bank in Birmingham, Alabama. Ms. Holloway subsequently confirmed that the funds had been deposited into his account. Kelly and Defendant Vandersloot agreed that Kelly would travel to Aruba in May 2010 to provide an, an initial down payment of $25,000 to Defendant Vandersloot in furtherance of the demand. Ms. Holloway and mm -hmm. Defendant Vandersloot executed a written agreement confirming that following the initial payment of $25,000, Vandersloot would reveal to Kelly the location of Natalie Holloway's remains and would share the details of her death. I mean, the amount of proof this dumbass left is just unbelievable. Uh, yeah, just fearless. Fearless. Bullshit, yep. Well, his dad was a judge. And a lot of people think that part of the reason he got up away with so much shit is because of the, uh, you know, the wealth and the well-known uh, family and the judiciary connection. But the agreement... Well, the being in other countries, like, mm -hmm. what's American law enforcement going to do to him, you know? Yep. The agreement further provided that the remains were secured, pr provided that after the remains were secured and confirmed to be Natalie's, Ms. Holloway would provide the remaining 225000 to Defendant Vandersloot via wire transfer to his bank. On May 10th, Kelly and Defendant Vandersloot met at the Aruba Marriott Resort and Stellaris Casino. Kelly provided $10,000 cash to Defendant Vandersloot, and following that payment, mm -hmm. Ms. Holloway initiated a wire transfer of $15,000 to his bank account. Defendant Vandersloot then reported to Kelly details surrounding Natalie Holloway's death and accompanied Kelly to a specific location in Aruba where he reported that Natalie Holloway's remains were located. However, as Defendant Vandersloot knew, both the details of Natalie Holloway's death and the location of her remains that Defendant Vandersloot provided to Kelly were false. Mm -hmm. Despite this fact, Defendant Vandersloot retained the two hundred and $25,100 provided by Ms. Holloway. On approximately May 13, 2010, Defendant Vandersloot left Aruba. Of course, just a grift. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. essentially, yeah, it was worthless information. It was nothing but a grift and another way to torture Natalie Holloway's family. Yeah. This guy is sadistic, man. Yeah. So those extortion charges are what finally were uh, the crux of the U.S. being able to get him here. And he agreed to plead guilty. And a part of that guilty plea was actually admitting what happened to Natalie Holloway. So if he, he has, can be believed, if he can be believed. Yeah, that's the hard part. Uh, however, her family is absolutely uh, convinced. They feel like they do have the uh, the proof now. So what I want to do now, uh, he was sentenced to 20 years. Uh, he still has, I believe, five years left to serve in Peru for Stephanie's murder. But uh, I want to... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> trying to organize my thoughts. Uh, wow. I guess let's read his confession. 
next, okay. and then we'll go from there. Can you get rid of the banner for me? Yes, I can. All right. So this is a portion of a recorded interview of Joran. Uh, this is on October 3rd, 2023. And this is what was said. So they're speaking with uh, his attorney is interviewing him in this portion. His attorney's name is uh, Kevin Butler. Okay. So Jordan says, plus uh, she asked to go back to her hotel, but I was just trying to get dropped off a little further from her hotel. So we could uh, walk back to her hotel and I might still get a chance to, to be with her. Ugh. Butler says, okay. Vandersloot says, that's what I was hoping for. Butler says, okay, so what happens? Joran says, um, yeah, and Deepak drops me off at another place, uh, a little right of, of the Marriott Hotel, known as the Fisherman's Huts. Um, this place is not so far from the next hotel, which is the Marriott. And the next hotel after that is another Marriott, which is a timeshare. And then it's the Holiday Inn. Um, we walk along the beach. Uh, Butler says, all right, do Deepak and Satish get out? These were the other men. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, uh, Deepak and Satish leave. They, um, they go back to their home. I assume they go back to their home. They get in their car and leave. I'm actually with, uh, I'm with Natalie walking along the beach. I find a space before we get to the Marriott Hotel where I lay her down. We lay down together in the sand and we start kissing. I start, I start getting her to kiss me again and we start kissing each other. And I start feeling her up again and she tells me no. She tells me she doesn't want me to, uh, to feel her up. Uh, I insist. I keep feeling her up either way. Um, and she, uh, she needs me. She needs me in the crotch. When she needs me in the crotch, I get up on the beach and I kick her extremely hard in the face. Uh, yeah, mm. she's, she's laying down. Unconscious, possibly even. Uh, even dead, but definitely unconscious. And I see right next to her, there's a huge center block laying on the beach. When you say, uh, the lawyer says, when you say cinder block, I'm looking at the walls of this place. Is it like these? Exactly the same cinder blocks, uh, Vandersloot said. I see a huge cinder block laying on the beach. I take this and I smash her head in with it completely. Oh. Yeah, her face basically, uh, you know, collapses in. Even though it's Jeez. dark, I can see that her face is collapsed. Afterwards, I don't, uh, I don't know what to do and I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And I decide to take her and put her in the ocean. So I grab her and I half pull, uh, half walk with her into the ocean and I push her off. I walk up about to my knees in the ocean and push her off into the sea. And after that, I get out and I walk home. My God. And Jesus that's pretty Christ. much what everybody thought happened to Natalie. But we finally have it from him. Brutal son of a bitch. Jesus. Yep. So today was the day. Today was the uh, the 
the, the hearing and I wanted to read you a few things from the victim's impact statement from Beth Holloway. Uh, this is from Tristan uh, Rupert, who is a reporter that was there. He said, Natalie's mother, Beth, is now stepping up to the podium. She seemingly glared at Vandersloot as she stepped forward. For 18 years, you have denied killing my daughter. The grief extends deep into my soul, said Beth Holloway. You have finally admitted that you murdered her. You terminated her potential, her dreams, and possibilities. And when you bludgeoned her to death, said Beth, you are a killer. And every time that jail cell closes, I want you to remember that. Even though you have finally confessed and confirmed that you are my daughter's killer, you can't be tried here for her murder. I implore this court to give the maximum sentence. And by the way, you look like hell, Joran. I don't know how you're going to make it. Good job. Go, Beth. Beth. Yeah. Jesus. Now, could Aruba charge him? They could. Will him? Will they? We don't know. We don't know. But we do know that he's not getting out of prison anytime soon. Yeah. Will they send him back to Peru to finish his sentence there before he does his time here? That was somewhat unclear to me. I'm hoping that we can get that confirmed, uh, yay or nay, before case updates tonight. I'm actually not sure. You would think Peru uh, would want him to do his time there, but but guys, I don't listen, know. listen, it's okay. He apologized to Holloway's and wait for it. Mm. He found Jesus and he's a different man now. Okay. Oh my God. Joran, shove it up your ass. Yeah. Fuck off, Joran. Mm -hmm. God, I'm tired of hearing that shit out of out of murderers and in, in in their trials. Like that doesn't mean anything. That is the most hollow bullshit I've ever heard. It's awful. It's ridiculous. But I did also want to play for you uh, the press conference with Beth Holloway afterwards. I also want to say that. Uh, Natalie's parents are not together, uh, and her dad provided his victim's impact statement privately to the judge. He was not in attendance, uh, or, or if he was, he didn't do the press conference. I'm not quite sure if he was actually there or not, but he didn't do the press conference and provided his uh, victim's impact statement privately, uh, because as we know, these things affect people differently, and... Uh, I it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. But I want to give you a peek at this rock star of a human, Beth, who I have no doubt will continue to work on victims' uh, advocacy as she has been and missing persons cases. And good on you, Beth. But let's hear from her. He described when and how he killed her. He said that after killing her on the beach in Aruba, he put her into the water. And that was the last that he ever saw her. That was all verified by a comprehensive and conductive, conclusive polygraph test. Even with this confession, though, he can't be tried here for Natalie's murder. But I'm satisfied knowing that he did it. He did it alone, and he disposed of her alone. I won't give you the details of his brutal confession. Those will be forthcoming when the proffer is made public. You will also have details of the plea agreement which was reached, his sentence of the extortion, and the wire fraud will run concurrently with a sentence in Peru for killing Stephanie Flores. 
and that's fine with me. Thanks to a lot of very smart and dedicated people here, I got the answer I've been searching for for the past 18 years. Yaron Vandersloot's confession means we have finally reached the end of our never-ending nightmare. And for me, reaching the end of the nightmare, being over is better than closure. It's been 18 years since Natalie disappeared and Natalie would be 36 years old today. I still miss her every day. It's been a very long and painful journey, but we finally got the answers we've been searching for for all these years. We finally, today, we got justice for Natalie. So thank you all so very much and being supportive of us in our long 18 year journey. Thank you. By the way, inside you say. And that goes on for a bit. Uh, she takes some questions from the press, and it's kind of hard to hear, so I'm not going to air that here. You guys can certainly go find that in a lot of places. But that's a it's a big and amazing day to uh, finally see justice for this family and for Natalie Holloway. Yeah. So she said that his sentence will run concurrently mm -hmm. with the one in Peru. So that makes me think he's just going to serve his 20 years here in the U.S. and that he's done in Peru. I'm guessing they're not true. consecutive, yeah. they're concurrent. They're so concurrent. that's unfortunate because Jordan's still a fairly young man. Uh -huh. I mean, 20 years, yeah, he will get out. Uh -huh. Well, unless we'll that dumbass smirk and gets him stabbed some more times, which would be fine right. if he do. But that's what I was going to say. We'll see what the prison system does with him, and we'll see if Aruba actually decides to move on him. I have no idea if they actually will. I it wouldn't surprise me a lot if they don't, but. We'll I mean, see. they have his confession now, so... Right. And they also have got to be sick of this shit, so... Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. But obviously, her body's never going to be found. No. No, it's long, 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 long gone. Yeah. Yep. So, there you have it. Justice finally served for Natalie. Wow. So, with that, I'm going to kick it back over to you for some WTF news. Uh, yes, some very WTF Halloween news. Squad, it seems as though nothing is sacred from gun violence these days. This very unstable genius right here is St. Louis County uh, Police, police uh, Sheriff deputy. <laughs> His name is Matthew McCulloch, and he is currently being held on a $500,000 bond because a few days ago, he attended a trunk or treat at an elementary school, as is known to happen here in the U.S. around this time. Uh -huh. And in his infinite wisdom, he threatened a woman whose husband shoved him to the ground. He stood up, pulled his shirt up to show that he was holding a gun, screamed, you're all going to die, grabbed the gun and shot it into the air about 11 times. What? Right in the middle of a group of trick-or-treating children. Oh my God. Yeah. What was this so, fight about? Uh, he threatened a woman 
we don't know for what mm -hmm. he just said something threatening to a woman and the man she was with shoved him down and he fell down mm -hmm. and then he just stood up and did that and Lost shot in the air holy yeah. cow so a group of citizens finally people are done with this shit and don't just stand back and let it happen they tackled his ass to the ground and pinned him there which is why he looks like he's got a pretty road rash face <laughs> Because he does. Sucks to suck. <laughs> does suck to suck. So the police came and arrested him and took him into custody. And he is a police officer. He is a sheriff's deputy right now. Well, he's suspended without pay right now, of course, while they investigate what happened. But it turns out this guy's been melting down for a while now. Uh -huh. um, uh, after this incident happened... Uh, some people recognized this fool from a few days prior to the shooting. Um, Luby Kelly and his wife were driving through a Kirkwood um, neighborhood in St. Louis County. And they were in separate cars, but like they were going to the same place, like, uh -huh. you know, people tend to do. And uh, he was driving erratically. And he almost hit um, the wife's car. And then he stopped and rolled down her window to yell at her because he almost hit her. Her. Uh -huh. Well, what he didn't know is that Luby Kelly was right there in his car. And he pulled up and honked at the guy to get the hell out of there. And he yelled, you're all going to die. You're next. What? And then took off. So the Kellys called the police, reported what had happened, and then they never uh -huh. knew if they caught him or what had happened until they saw this idiot on the news and went, hey, that's the guy that threatened us a couple of days ago with the same threat. You're all going to die. Holy so shit. So they're saying McCulloch is having some kind of a mental health emergency. Uh, no shit. Yeah. Why didn't anybody notice this before now? He's a cop. Isn't he supposed to be protecting people, not threatening them? It's an absolute uh, so, miracle that he didn't kill somebody. It is. Well, and just shooting a gun in the air, that doesn't mean that nobody gets hit by bullets. Uh, those bullets have Truth. to come back down. Yeah, and those poor so it's, kids yeah, just trying to have miracle. some Halloween fun. Yeah. Right? Can we just stop traumatizing our future generations with guns for God's sake? Mm-hmm. So he's being held on a $500,000 cash bond and we shall see what happens to him. But, and not even trunk or treats are safe anymore. Uh -uh. The whole reason for trunk or treats was because they're safer than kids going door to door. Apparently. And now we maybe have not. police officers shooting them up. So welcome to America. Yeah. Wow. You know, that reminded me of a car accident that you and I were involved in. Mm when we crashed with each other. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, that happened in our driveway. Like in the road years. in front of our house. Yeah. yeah. But when we were in high school, uh, our dad always made sure we had a car. It was like a hundred dollar mm. car, but we always had cars. Yeah, it was um, not a good car, but it was a car. But we had jobs and you know, we needed cars and he was pretty cool like that. We always had these old like clunkers that, mm -hmm flat tires every day and dead batteries at least once a day and stuff. But we, by God, had cars. And mm. one day, <laughs> I was coming home from school. And Christy was leaving our house to go to work. 
So I pulled up to the house and was just sitting in the road waiting for her to back out. And I thought she'd just back out next to me and go to work and then I could take her parking spot. Well, she thought, I don't know what she thought, but she I didn't even see you because I didn't scrape the back window of the car. (laughs) I didn't even know you were there. I barely got up the driveway and Also, we were driving each other's cars. Uh Uh-huh. We were driving each other's cars at the moment. Uh, Yeah, so she uh, crashed into me. Our neighbors tell the story like this. That (laughs) they saw the Brower girls crash each other's cars, jump out of the cars, yell at each other for a minute, switch cars, and one took off, and the other one pulled in the driveway, and the whole thing was over. (laughs) (laughs) It is what happened, yes. I still had to go to work. That our poor dad, uh, both cars were still drivable. Again, they were not good cars. Um, they were our just poor dad about laughed himself silly about that. <laughs> we, we've fought about it over the years a billion times about whose fault that actually was. Yeah. And because I said, true. if you saw me coming, why didn't you stop? You said, <laughs> why didn't I move. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, I, I did not ever think you would just go flying out of the driveway and crash into me. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> exactly what happened though yeah but no one was shot that day or no one was shot no no i don't know we might threaten to kill each other i'm not sure but (laughs) probably probably but it was all real quick because i was late for work so it was like well fuck off i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah oh boy it happens it happens like that's all i can say well this is Wednesday. So again, we'll be back at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates. And then we'll be back at 8.15 for the watch party. So lots more to come from us today. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. Please take good care of yourselves. You know you deserve it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody. <laughs>